0: Hi, this is Pastor Devin, and I just want to say thanks for joining us. I hope and pray that this message is an encouragement to your life today. Welcome to part four of our current series that we've entitled The God I Never Knew. If you are a guest visiting from out of town, this is your first time here. We typically teach in series, three to five weeks, focusing on a topic or a portion of Scripture. We've been talking... About the Holy Spirit. Can I just have for those of the home folks. Have you been enjoying this series so far? It's been encouraging for you. Okay good. I, I hope that it has been. I hope that we're learning together. My prayer is not only that we're learning more about the Holy Spirit. But also that he's actually becoming a more integral part of your daily life. Because uh, we can learn lots of things. And then go out of here and just keep living our life the same way we've been living it. So my prayer is that you're actually developing a relationship. With the person of the Holy Spirit. Maybe for the first time maybe just in a more intimate way. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to do for you during this series was provide a resource for you to facilitate the development of that relationship. Um, this series is, is based on a book of a pastor out of uh, Dallas at Gateway Church called The God I Never Knew. I'd recommend you to, to buy that book if you if you can, but I uh, I have friends there on staff at Gateway Church in Dallas, and so this past week I called one of my pastor friends there and said hey i know you guys created devotional to to go along with that book could you uh send us some i'd like to give some away to our folks and our friends at uh, gateway church sent free copies for us to give to every home every family here at the church so you guys are going to get your free devotional today immediately following which is awesome yeah it's good good deal it's you're not you'll you'll want to get that and so immediately following service at the new here area, you'll see the book now. Listen, we're working on the honor system here. We only have enough for each home. Each, And of course, we always know that it's going to be the woman that's the most spiritual in the home anyway. She's doing the one that wants it. So it's great. Uh, but anyways, um, be sensitive to that. We want to make, listen, we want to make sure that the homes in the 11 o'clock service have some devotionals too, right? So just be, we're working on the honor system and... Just know, isn't that wonderful that our friends at Gateway offered that to us? So it'll be a wonderful blessing to you. There's scripture memorization in there. And then, of course, if, if you um, would get the book as, as well, it's a, it'd be a great blessing to you. Um, so much of what we've covered during this series is in that. And you'll see some of the replication even in the, the devotional. But I just recommend it to you. It's going to be a great encouragement to you. So, um, Okay, we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit We've been asking different questions about him. Who is he? What is his role in our lives? Is he a person? Last week we asked the question, is he Pentecostal? And um, you know we have that question quite often asked, even about the church. Are you guys Pentecostal? Are you Spirit-filled? And last week I tried to demystify maybe some of the assumptions or some of the perceptions of what being Pentecostal is means, and you can get that message at the Connection Center if you weren't here, if you'd like to listen to it again. This week, we're asking the question, is he charismatic? Is he charismatic? And again, that's a question we, we sometimes get even when it comes to the church. Are, are you charismatic, they would ask the question, which, as we said last week, really is the question that they're asking is, how, cra- how crazy are you? how crazy is going to get in that service are you charismatic it's interesting how certain words within the church now bring with them some baggage and almost a negative connotation we have immediate pictures in our minds when we hear the word pentecostal charismatic we see snakes we just what's going on at that place we don't know what's going on it's crazy so we're going to look at that today word charismatic the word charismatic comes from the greek word charisma it's used 17 times in the new testament the front part of that word charis means grace and when you add the ma on the end it means gift grace gift charismatic charisma favor freely given which one receives without any merit of their own it's a gift of grace it's a grace gift. So a charismatic is very simply a believer who has been given a grace gift by the Holy Spirit. Let me say it this way. Charisma is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. Okay, I'm going to read that again for you so you have it. Charisma Is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. And yet somehow this word has taken on a completely different meaning for many people within the church. To to the degree that charismatic, we just, I don't know about, we keep that arm's length. You'll hear people, they're the they're the charismaniacs. They're, they're literally, they're crazy. They're crazy. Now, listen, I know there's a, there's a cultural definition. We, we use the word charismatic in our language today. We, that person is very charismatic, we'll say, right? And what we mean by that is they're very gifted. People are drawn to them. So I know there's a cultural definition, but what it means according to the Bible is grace gifted. So, I just want to say something. This may shock you. you. You may not even know this, but because of what it actually means in the Bible, you are a charismatic. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and go, I'm a charismatic. Just tell him. just go ahead and tell him. Yeah. It's the first time you're ever going to say it in your whole life I'm a charismatic. Yeah. Does <laughs> that scare you? Yeah? All of you have gifts that God gave you through His Holy Spirit by grace. Would you agree with that? And again, what we're trying to do in this series is take away the the misperception, the miscommunication, the the incorrect perceptions that we have with these words that we associate with the Holy Spirit. Forget miscommunication and incorrect perceptions. Another way to say it is this, flat out fear. Some of us are simply afraid of the Holy Spirit. Well, if I allow the Holy Spirit into my life, I develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, then that means I'm going to do weird things. (laughs) So I'm hoping today that we'll leave here with a greater understanding of what these grace gifts look like in our lives. And that we can begin to open ourselves up to these gifts being active in our lives. For some of us, that means that we're going to have to wipe the slate clean Of our preconceived ideas of what the Holy Spirit has been. Who He is. What His role is in our lives. Maybe you grew up in a church that didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you grew up in a church that only focused on one of the gifts that we're going to talk about today. So I just want to look at Scripture. This this is our ultimate source, right? Scripture, it's our ultimate source of truth. And one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Spend most of our time there today. We'll, we'll jump around a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 1 says this. Now about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The other version says concerning spiritual gifts, Paul says. Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Um, the New King James Version, I think, says I do not want you to be Ignorant. Let me just pause here Uh, because a lot of believers are uninformed and ignorant when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We have our ideas. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, many believers are uninformed. Now, I didn't say stupid. Don't mishear me. I, I didn't say stupid. I simply said, you just don't know, you've not been taught. Or if you have been taught, it's been skewed, or it's been an incorrect teaching. When Paul says gifts of the Spirit, he uses the Greek word there, pneumaticos. Right? Gifts of the Spirit equals pneumaticos, which simply means this, empowered by breath or wind. Now we have that, we talked about this before, we have that prefix, P-N-E-U, in our language today. And even if you look at that pneumatic, maybe you know about a pneumatic drill, right? Which isn't powered by electricity, but it's powered by? (laughs) A pneumatic drill is not powered by electricity, but it's powered by? Okay, yeah, I'm just making sure you're listening. Paul says, now, about the gifts of the Spirit. Let me say it this way. About the gifts of the Spirit that are empowered by the breath of God. Like, you need to really catch this. About the gifts, concerning the gifts, you can only move unless you allow the Holy Spirit to breathe in you. That's so what Paul is saying here. The word, That word now about or concerning, that they're in 1 Corinthians um, 6 times, that, that phrase there. Let me, let me tell you why. I'll, I'll give you a little Bible lesson here whether you care about it or not. 1 Corinthians was actually not the first letter that Paul wrote to the church of Corinth. It's actually his second letter that he wrote to the church there in Corinth. The reason we know that is because he actually says earlier on, he he says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, he says this, I wrote to you in my letter. And then a couple verses later, he says, but now I'm writing to you this letter. So, we don't know what happened to the first letter. I personally believe God just said, you're going to have to do better than that, buddy, if you want to get in the Bible. It's going to have to. You're going to, have to not, so, not good enough. Try the second draft. That's right. No. Then in first Corinthians chapter seven, he says this now for the matters that you wrote to me about. So he wrote them a letter. They responded and wrote him a letter and we know that 1 Corinthians is Paul's response to their letter that they sent him in response to his first letter. You still with me? So Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 12, now concerning about the gifts of the Spirit. So he's responding to a question that they asked in a letter that they responded to him on. Okay. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed. Listen to me. I, I want to say the same thing to you today. I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be uneducated. I don't want you to be ignorant when it comes to the things of the Spirit of God. The gifts of the Spirit. Now, how many know I'm not going to be able to do that in one message? Okay. But some of you just took a big breath of relief. Oh, thank goodness he's not going to try to do that in one message. But that's why we do series. That's why we build upon each week. Because many, many people have no clue when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. They have no idea how many gifts there are or how they work. They have some ideas about what they think about one of the gifts. So today, I just want to break them down for you. Maybe if you're like me, you think more linear, you like some categorization of these kind of things. There's actually four categories of the gifts of the Spirit. There's the motivational gifts. Paul talks about that in Romans 12. By the way, if you don't know what your motivational gifts are, immediately following service today, we have discovery. And it's our way of walking you through figuring out what your motivational gifts are. How many would like to know what your motivational gifts of the Spirit are? Nobody? Nobody would like to know. You're just going to keep wandering through life not knowing what your motivational gifts are. You wonder why you're wandering. We can help you find your motivational gifts. Immediately following service after the second service. We we do that. We do an assessment. We do a personality assessment. You can figure out what God has motivated you to do. Then we have the manifestational gifts, which is covered in 1 Corinthians 12. That's what we're talking about today. We'll be covering all of those today. Then we have the ministry gifts that happens in 1 Corinthians 14. And then we have the ministerial gifts that happens in Ephesians 4. Now, those are not the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Those are the gifts of Jesus. Also known, also known as the fivefold ministry, right? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. Okay, we're not going to get into all that today. But there's the categorization. You did, did you even know that there were that many gifts of the Spirit? Right? There's four categories of the gifts of the Spirit. So today we're going to talk about the manifestational gifts. that's covered in 1 Corinthians 12. The charisma of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there are nine manifestational gifts of the Spirit. We're going to look at them in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. It says this, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. I just have a question for you. Are you in each? (laughs) You are so these these are for you all of these are available to you they're available to you given to each one for the profit of all for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Nine manifestational gifts of the spirit that Paul gives us, but one and the same spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. That's important. Let me explain this to you just just to clarify. You don't have one of these gifts. Don't go, don't go around telling people, well, I have the gift of the word of knowledge. Or I have the gift of the word of... Him. No, no, no. This is very important because you, you don't have any of them. The Holy Spirit has all of them. Like, he distributes to each one as he wills for the profit of all. So you can minister in the gift of the word of knowledge anytime that the Holy Spirit allows you to do that. So any person, each one can be distributed a gift by the Holy Spirit as He wills. I've I've heard people say, well, I have the gift of healing. No, the Holy Spirit does. He has all nine of them, and He manifests, He makes them known, these gifts through each one, so everyone can have them as He sees fit for the profit of all. So nine manifestational gifts, and those can be broken down into three categories, which works out. Perfectly for my message, so that I can have three yeah points it just works out it's just works out really really good so here's the first category of the manifestational gifts it is the discerning gifts the discerning gifts so nine of the manifestational gifts three of them are in this category of the discerning gifts those are the word of knowledge the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits i'm going to Break each one of them down, but I'll just give them to you right at the front there. These are the discerning gifts, three of the manifestational gifts of the Spirit. So here's here's what a word of knowledge is. A word of knowledge is this: to know something specific, specific, without having learned it by natural means. And again, I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna go exhaustively through the manifestational gifts, but I am going to go through each one. Let me just say this. Jesus moved in these manifestational gifts. Jesus did. Because he moved with the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember remember when He's talking to the woman at the well? And he says, hey, go tell your husband. She goes, well, I don't have a husband. He goes, well, you're right on that. You got five and the one you're living with now is not your husband. So you're right about that that that's a word of knowledge now here's what people here's how people they go well yeah but that's jesus now listen he laid down his divinity and he picked up humanity and when jesus was on this earth he moved he ministered in the power of the holy spirit he came out of the wilderness empowered by the holy spirit he was baptized power of the Spirit comes down upon him. He said, I cast out demons by the power of the Spirit of God. Jesus ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe maybe you had this happen to you. I've had this happen to me. You're walking by someone or someone's walking towards you and the Holy Spirit tells you about that, something about that person that you would never have known had he not told you. And usually when When you go to the person to confirm it, they're shocked. Why? Because you should have never known it. And the Holy Spirit reveals that to you. That's a word of knowledge. You wouldn't know it by natural knowledge. The Holy Spirit distributes the gift of the word of knowledge as he willed for the profit of that person. It wasn't for the profit of them thinking that you were amazingly spiritual. Here's the second one. It's the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom, which is simply a divine answer or solution for a particular event. A divine answer or solution for a particular event. I want to make sure you leave it up there long enough for them to get that too. This happened in John chapter 9. Jesus has healed a blind man. The Pharisees begin to investigate this healing. <clears throat> they come to, the, to this guy that's now seeing, inquiring of his healing. In verse 29 of John 9, they say this to this man, we know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, now can you imagine referencing Jesus like that? But as for this fellow, this wise guy, we don't even know where he's from. And the man answered and said, well, that's a marvelous thing. (laughs) You don't even know where he came from, yet he opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, this this now seeing man is testifying now. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who had been born blind. This guy was born blind. Then he says this in verse 33. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. You know what happened after that? Pharisees didn't have an answer for him. Pharisees, did, they didn't know how to respond. To in fact, they excommunicated him because they were embarrassed because now this now seeing man is teaching them in front of people and they were embarrassed. They excommunicate him because he gives them a, a wise answer that was given to him by the Holy Spirit and the, and the Pharisees couldn't refute it. I mean, let me ask you something. Would it be okay if God, by His Holy Spirit, gave you some wise answers to the questions you have in your life today? Some of of us would do good to go to prayer and start asking the Holy Spirit to give us a word of wisdom. About your business, about your family, about your health, about your relationship. Have you even asked the Holy Spirit for wisdom? Here's the third discerning gift of the manifestation gifts. It's this, it is the discerning of spirits. Which is this. To be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. To be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. This happened in Acts chapter 16 with Paul. Verse 16 says this, Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination, which basically means she predicted the future. She met us. She had brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. There it is. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now on the surface you would say, well, she's actually saying the right thing. Yes, but Paul didn't want a witch, a fortune teller confirming his ministry. And this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed. I just love that. That just I just does my heart good right there. Paul was greatly annoyed. That's just thank you, Jesus. That just does my heart good. Under the power of the Holy Spirit, I can be greatly annoyed. Hallelujah. I just love that. But Paul, greatly annoyed, he turned and he said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Now, all because Paul, by the power of the Holy Spirit, was able to discern that she had a demonic spirit. On the surface, what she was saying was the right thing to say. It's a deeper issue. Now, I just want to look at that, that phrase there, the discerning of spirits. The gift is called the discerning of spirits. Listen listen to me carefully. It is not called discernment. It's called the discerning of spirits. Listen. There is no gift in the Bible of discernment. You can go look, look for yourself. Yes, we are supposed to be discerning. And we need to have our spiritual senses trained so that we can discern good and evil. But I'm, I'm going to make a statement. And it, maybe it's going to get some of you a little upset. And I think you know how I feel about that. So just laugh along with the rest of us nervously after I say it. <laughs> but most people, not all, but most people, the people that I've met that claim to have the gift of discernment actually have the gift of criticism. Just laugh nervously. (laughs) Now, you may may be a discerning person, but you don't have the gift of discernment. There's not a gift of discernment. And the reason I say criticism is is because people that, that claim to have the gift of discernment are often very critical and judgmental of other people. And they think that their opinion is God's opinion. And then they blame it and validate it by saying, well, I have the gift of discernment. No. I just, that's not a gift in the Bible. But there is a gift of discerning of spirits. And I just discern that some of you have a critical spirit. <laughs> just, just laugh nervously. It's okay, yeah. Let, let, me, let me ask you this. Would it be alright if the Holy Spirit as he willed, revealed to you a demonic or evil spirit that was coming against your life or your marriage or your home. Would that be all right? So that you could pray for that. Or for that matter, a spirit that's coming against your business or your children. I'm telling you, you need the Holy Spirit to make these gifts known in your life. They're available to everyone, each one, as he sees fit. That's the discerning gifts word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. Here's the second one. They are the declarative gifts. The declarative gifts. We'll go back to the, to the list. I'll give them to you, and then we'll, we'll break them down. These are prophecy, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. The declarative gifts. All three use the tongue. Prophecy. We'll look at that first. Prophecy is this a message of encouragement from god through a person it's very simple a message of encouragement from god through a person please hear me the person who prophesies speaks edification exhortation and comfort it does not say correction The spiritual New Testament definition of prophecy is encouragement. Encouragement. You you see many, many times in scripture, the word encouragement or encourage when talking about this gift. And again, many, many well-meaning people will say, well, I I have the gift of prophecy. And then they think that's their their reason. That's their excuse to, to correct everyone. Well, I have the gift of prophecy. I need to correct you. The, and then they'll tag this on the end of it. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> I'd like to warn you about saying. Thus saith the Lord when the Lord didn't say anything. Yeah. He does a pretty good job speaking for himself. You know it's funny. A lot of people are waiting for thus saith the Lord. and He said a lot of things already. Like you. You can check that out. It's it's pretty pretty awesome. By the way, this book is alive. It's active, it's living. First Corinthians chapter 14 says this. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and that all may be encouraged. I just feel like I just feel like I need to remind you this is the Bible. All can prophesy and that all may learn and be encouraged. All. Now, it doesn't say that all may be corrected. It says that all may be encouraged. It also says that all may learn prophecy. There's a learning in prophecy. We learn to hear God's voice. We learn to speak it in an encouraging way. And listen, I I know. I know a lot of us have heard Prophecies. That were covered on the caveat of thus saith the Lord. And it wasn't God. I understand that. Reminds me. That reminds me of the guy that said. Um, thus saith the Lord. I know you're scared. I get scared myself sometimes too. Okay. That's not God. Because God don't get scared. And God's not scared. <laughs> but he's He's learning. Trying to convey really that God understood. Tongues. We'll go to the second of the declarative gift. Tongues. Is very simply this. A message from God. In a language unknown. To the person through whom the message comes. Okay. A message from God. In a language unknown. Unknown to the person. Through whom the message comes. Now. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because I'm going to spend an entire Sunday on this gift. Because it is the the in, this is the gift that incites a lot of conversation. I'm going to spend an entire week on this gift. But I just need to point out, uh, this is talking about the manifestational gift of tongues, not a prayer language. And there's a difference. There's a difference between the manifestational gift of tongues and your prayer language. There's a difference. We'll talk about that. Let me me just say this. You know what I've discovered? It's not that people don't believe that all of the gifts aren't available for us today. Most people believe that. Here's the problem. It's that they want to pick and choose which ones they're comfortable with and the ones that they need in the moment. It's true, Well, I'm resistant. Can I just pick three of those nine that I just really am comfortable with? They're all available to you. We we believe that all of the gifts are for us today. I just don't, I personally, now again, we don't make fun of anyone. We don't demean anyone who has a sincere belief. I just don't know how you couldn't believe that they're for us today. I mean, I know people that believe that. Here's a question that I that I get regarding the church. Well, why don't we hear messages in tongues with interpretation on Sunday morning? That's that's the question everyone wants to know, isn't it? And let me let me just say this. First Corinthians 14, which we'll look at extensively in that week, it it gives us some parameters, some boundaries for the usage of that gift in the corporate setting. And one of those things is this. If you're speaking in tongues and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, you know what their perception is? You're crazy. Cry, cry, crazy. And every, let me just say this. And every weekend, we have unbelievers and uninformed people here in these services. And we're sensitive enough to that. And we want to see those people come to Christ and grow in Christ. Now, if you're in a meeting with all believers. You can have tongues and interpretation. In fact. You have to have an interpretation. Which is the. In fact. We'll look at this. But it even says. If you don't have an interpretation. You might not want to give your message. That's a little more pressure. Interpretation of tongues is this. Understanding and expressing the thought. Or the intent. Or the intent. Of the message in tongues. Understanding and expressing. The thought or the intent. Of the message in tongues. I just want to make sure we understand. There is a difference. Between an interpretation and a translation. This is the interpretation of tongues. Not translation. It's the interpretation. Not translation. What's the difference? Well there's a big difference interpretation is expressing the thought or the intent of what the person just said. Translation is word for word. So, so the UN doesn't have interpreters, they have translators. Okay, that's because if somebody says something about a bomb or a terrorist attack, they want to know exactly what was said about that bomb or that attack. Not what they think his intent was, they want to know actually what it is. Let me just show you a verse about prophecy and interpretation. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Again, we'll look at this extensively. Just so we can cover all of the gifts. Verse 5. Paul says this. I wish you all spoke with tongues. Time out. Now, I just want to stop here. That's in your Bible. Well, yeah, but Paul wrote that. Okay. Paul wrote it, but he didn't author it. The Holy Spirit authored it. We talked about this a few weeks ago. This book is God-breathed. So I want you to think about this. God breathed the phrase, I wish you all spoke with tongues. God breathed that phrase. Holy Spirit inspired that phrase. And I just like to say, no matter what your religious background or denominational affiliation is, you've got to come to grips with that scripture. I will look at the rest of it because really, tongues has been so demeaned and ridiculed and mocked. And here's what it says Paul says, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more, That you prophesied. And that's where people stop. Well, prophecy is more than... uh, We just prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, comma, unless. Unless, indeed, he interprets that the church, again, the edification of others, that the church may receive edification. Did you catch that? He he said that the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless... It's interpreted. Then it's the same. What's he say? See, you don't have to know theology to understand this verse. You just need to understand grammar to understand this verse. Yeah, overcomplicating it, friends. Well, what's that mean? What's "unless" mean in the Greek? It means "unless." Unless it's interpreted, then it's the same. Paul says, "Under the anointing and guidance of the Holy Spirit, I wish you all spoke in tongues." Why? Whether it's prophecy or tongue, it's encouragement for the church. Let me say that Paul is saying, I wish you all would encourage one another. I wish you all would encourage one another. That's what he's saying. So interpretation, not translation, not word for word. So I don't know if you've ever been in a service like this. Someone someone might have a a really short message in tongues and then there's a long, long interpretation. Or vice versa. People have used that to invalidate tongues. But it's not a word for word translation. It's an interpretation. Expressing the thought or the intent. That the Holy Spirit delivers through them. Maybe maybe I can give you an illustration of this. Okay. If I ask our oldest son. How was your day? Okay. Um, His interpretation of his day was. Fine. Fine. It was fine. And that's about all you're going to get. Right? Now, if I ask our daughter. How? You guys see this train coming, don't you? Uh, Honey, how was your day? Uh, You will get a much more detailed answer. In fact, you better have some time on your hands. I, you better think before you ask that question. You have, can you commit some time? Because her interpretation of her day is going to be longer. In fact, her interpretation of his day would be longer than his. And his interpretation of her day would be shorter than hers. I, I, you get know what I'm saying here? You can have a long interpretation or a short interpretation of the same word. Okay. Discerning. Knowledge, wisdom, the discerning of spirits, declarative, prophecy, tongues, interpretation. Finally, the dynamic gifts. The dynamic gifts. Declarative, the discerning, the dynamic. This would include faith, healings, and miracles. That word dynamic, uh, it's, it's... you know, in Acts chapter 1, where it says, and and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right? That word power comes from the, the Greek word dunamis, which means strength, power, or ability. But it doesn't just mean strength, power, or ability. It means explosive power. It's explosive. It's where we get the word dynamite. So it could read this way, and you shall receive dynamite when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, that's why we call these the dynamic gifts. Let me just say some of this. Uh, maybe you grew up in a church where where the declarative gifts were determined as the dynamic gifts, and they were the only gifts because they were the dynamic ones that they celebrated. Now there's there's more gifts. So when, you're, when you're witnessing, there's this power that comes out of you. It's the first of the dynamic gifts. Faith, faith, a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. You find yourself in a situation, someone asks you to pray for them, and you feel this, un, this supernatural impartation of faith rise in your spirit, and you can pray with such power. Dynamite. I'm not talking about faith in general. I'm talking about this manifestational gift of the Holy Spirit for a given situation. So let me ask you this Would it be all right if you were going through a difficult situation, if the Holy Spirit were to give you faith to believe that you were going to get on the other side of it? Would that be all right? Have you asked for it? But what I'm trying to tell you, the Holy Spirit is good. His gifts are good. Don't be afraid of Him. Don't be afraid of His gifts. Here's the next of the dynamic gifts, and it is the gifts of healings, plural on both. Again, simple grammar. The gifts of healings, supernatural endowments of divine health. Gifts, plural, of healings, Plural, supernatural endowments of divine health. And some people just simply think that healing isn't for today. Or that we shouldn't we shouldn't talk that much about healing. Maybe you have a negative connotation of healing. Maybe someone in your family did not get healed. We have people that just say, well, healing isn't for today. Let me just say this people have a negative connotation of healing until they get sick. Or until someone in their family gets sick. And all of a sudden, we believe in some healing now. How many know? It's not a bad thing if God heals you. What's to be resistant of? This is not a bad, this is a great thing. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And again, this doesn't mean that you go around saying, I have the gift of healing. Everyone I pray for gets healed. No, you have no gifts. The Holy Spirit has all nine. And he endows you with them as he wills in moments. Means that you, which also means you get healed too. It's not just for you to have a transaction to someone else. No, no. You can experience gifts of healings in your life. Every one of us, every one of us can. Here's the last one of the dynamic gifts it is the working of miracles. Divine intervention that alters. Our natural circumstances. Divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. I just want to ask us all a question. How many of you, at some point in your life, have experienced a miracle? Just raise your hand. Okay, look around, look around. Leave your hands up, look around. Look, look around. Isn't that amazing? How in the world could we ever believe that God quit performing miracles? You're sitting here saying, I've experienced a miracle. God does a miracle, which is when he wakes up in the morning. He's a miraculous God. There's, There's no way that he could stop performing miracles because he can't stop being God. And he's a miraculous God. He wakes up and performs miracles. All throughout the Old Testament. All throughout the New Testament. Performing miracles. Why would he ever stop doing that? He can't. He's God. Let me just say this. If you've been saved. You've experienced a miracle. For all you folks that didn't see someone raised from the dead. Or get a cancer healed. or But you... You've experienced salvation. You've experienced a miracle. You've experienced a miracle. A supernatural intervention in your life. That altered your natural circumstances. You've experienced a miracle. I want you to be informed. Educated. Not ignorant about these gifts. I don't want you to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Any believer. At any time. And move in these gifts. When the Holy Spirit empowers you to do it. As he wills. Let me just say just one. Kind of final thought. Um, Pastor Devin doesn't have to pray for you. To experience a miracle. Um, the Holy Spirit has a gift. Called the working of miracles. And he can manifest that gift as he sees fit. Through each one of us. In fact yesterday I sat and listened. As our connect group leaders shared. Miracles that were happening. And I wasn't around. Why? Because it's available to each one of us. To each one of us. As he sees fit. We've had physical healings. We've had financial miracles. We've miracles happening in our groups. By the way, that might want maybe you can get in a group. You want some miracles in your life? Get in a group. Promise you, It will change your life. You need to get in a group. Miracles can happen without me there. I'm so thankful for that. You should be thankful too. God has these gifts. They're available to all. For all, for the profit of all. And God, he wants to talk to you through the person of the Holy Spirit. Discerning, knowledge, wisdom. Declaring, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, dynamic. How many would like some faith? Yeah, some miracles to happen in your life. It's available to you today. You believe that? You receive that today? Lord. Thanks again for joining us. If you want to join us on Sunday, we meet right next to Wilson Central High School at either 9 o'clock or 11 a.m. Hope to see you there.